three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. Streaming live on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And, of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker Steel. We back, baby. Oh, yeah. Coming up today, we pick up the State of the Unit series, right? And we're talking about the deepest unit, one of the deepest units, I believe, in the entire National Football League. And that's the Cowboys' defensive end room. We're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into each player from the bottom of the roster all the way to the top. And, of course, you can call into the show if you want to at 351-999-3787. Cowboys Nation, come on in and have a good time with your boy. Shout out to those who make this, in my opinion, the number one Dallas Cowboys morning show. And that's the Bob Squad. Bob Squad! Y'all are the best. And a super happy Father's Day to all of the Bomb Squad fathers out there. Salute to you guys. Uh, I want to shout out Pat Nosey Walker as well. He dropped a, his conversation podcast was a, a Father's Day edition and Man, if if y'all didn't listen to that one there, y'all definitely got to check that out. Definitely hit home on a lot of fronts. And I think it's a great, a great podcast to listen to in general. But that was a Father's Day one. So uh, shout out to all the Father's Day fathers out there. The and I know y'all good ones, but the good ones out there, the ones who are handling their business from every aspect, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, raising their child in any way they they can do so, whether you're with them physically or you're with them emotionally or spiritually, uh, I salute y'all. I salute guys like my guy Lee in the building, Sean, you know, fathers that I've seen be a father up close and personal, obviously my father's in my life. And, you know, I, I, we don't ask for a pat on the back, uh, but I do feel like I try to be the best father I can be to my my children. And um, so salute to y'all, man. Salute to y'all. Happy Father's Day, Bomb Squad. One, one more time. Bomb Squad! Yeah, I was out the last couple days, uh, obviously Juneteenth yesterday and then Friday, just kind of getting some things together. Um, there will be a slight change to the schedule, likely starting next week. I'll, I'll have more on that later this week. I still will be here most of the week, but we're kind of going to we're going to try to adjust it during this dead period. So I'll let you all know specifically um, what that will be. Probably sometime, what's the day? Tuesday, sometime later this week. I'll let y'all know. I got you. Still going to be here, but it'll be an altered schedule. Um, I do know I'll be out Monday traveling this week and won't be back till late Sunday. So I will be out Monday, but I keep y'all up to date. Um, because look, that's what we got to do, man. We family, family here, Cowboys Nation. All right. Now to the meat and potatoes of today's show. Again, no roundup. Uh, not a whole lot out there. There was some small Cowboys news, but I want to save that for our next uh, State of the Unit series uh, segment, and we'll talk about that later this week. But 
today we're talking defensive ends, man. Talking defensive ends, and I think this unit, as I said at the top of the show, is not only one of the deep, the deepest unit on the team, likely. You can argue safety maybe, but I think this might be it. But one of the deepest units in the entire league, especially when you factor in the MPP. Shout out to Baldy for that, which is a Micah Parsons problem, right? But last year, it was one of the best units in the league. It produced at a high rate. Tailed off a bit towards the end, but I don't think due to their fault. Like, they produced at such a high rate without really much help consistently from the interior or from quarterback two, if we're being honest. Quarterback two was so bad at one point, it, it was like offensive coordinators and quarterbacks can just look out there and say, oh, well, I don't care about your MPP and Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong and Sam Williams. and I don't care about those guys because I can just get the ball off real quick. So with the Cowboys upgrading, cornerback to upgrading the interior, barring injury, this unit should definitely be better, which is scary because this unit was fantastic last year. It was fantastic. So I'm just saying, look out. So we're going to talk about all these, these guys from the bottom of the roster on up. And if you, like I said, if you want to call in, you can, but give me, give me a few. I want to get through at least the first part of this and then I'll get to your nine, four, five. I see you already on the line. So uh, let's go ahead and get this thing started. And let's, let's begin at the back of the roster. Now I'm going to break this thing down into two different layers. And I got this idea from our lads. If you go look on our lads, they have the Cowboys room defense and room listed two different ways. They have them listed as edge rushers, right? Defense ends. And then they have Leo edge guys. And we'll talk about both of those categories, what they mean or whatnot. So we're going to start with the defensive ends. Pure-ish defensive ends. And if you look at the back half of this, the bottom half, what would have you, you're talking about a Tyrus Wheat. You're talking about the new defense and they just signed from the Colts, the free agent, uh, I believe it's Ben Bonogu. And then Junior Freyhoko. Now, when it comes to Wheat and Bonogu, we're likely talking about those guys competing for special team snaps, man. If we're being completely honest. Because the room is, is extremely deep. And then you obviously have uh pedigree in regards to draft guys. They're gonna they're gonna hold that uh ranking. But that I do think they have to show something from an edge standpoint, right? Like, these guys got to show that they can do something in case they're called upon. It's a deep room. They might not be, but just in case. Uh, but Nogu started off decent his rookie year. Then he just never could find his way in, in Indianapolis, and he became a special teams guy last year. Tyrus Wheat, we talked about this last week when we talked about some of the undrafted dudes. He's a part of that trio that if he shows something, he might make things difficult for a veteran on this team, whether it be in the in his in his room or whether it be in a different room. Uh, but those two guys, I don't think they're going to be competing for actual playing time in 2023. Uh, but but a guy like Wheat could push the roster, somebody off the roster for the future. And that's kind of the roster gymnastics the Cowboys are going to have to play this year. They are, in my opinion, a better roster than they, they were last year. So it's going to be hard for these type of dudes to make the team. And, and you're looking at a run. Like, 
You've got a team to compete for a Super Bowl. So do you risk cutting a better player now for a potentially better outlook in the future? That's something they're going to be juggling throughout the entire uh, training camp, in my opinion. But I can't wait to see what this guy Wheat has down there. Then you got Fehoko. Interesting case with Junior Fehoko because he could either be three tech now or he could be defensive and now three tech later. And the reason why I have to phrase it that way is because new defensive line coach Sharif Floyd came out and said, hey, you know, maybe next year or at some point we're going to be looking to move him into three tech. Dan Quinn says he'll probably be playing more between edge and three tech as well. So I actually had a hard time putting him here, but I had to right now because I don't think he's going to be able to put on enough off-season peanut butter to be a full-time three tech. Apologies if you can hear that. <laughs> My next door neighbor's getting a, their grass cut. But Fehoko, I do think at some point will move inside. However, I am skeptical. I usually will will sit back and, and listen to the coaches and believe a lot of what they have to say, but I'm skeptical when I hear Sharif Floyd say that, you know, he's going to get on the field this year or, or DQ. I don't know if he said it, but if he said it, he's going to get on the field in year one. If it's going to be at defensive end, boy, he better come out swinging. You know what I'm saying? And I, I like the prospect for the future especially as he's putting on some off-season peanut butter. He already has the violent hands, the the motor. You know, we talk about the Island Boys, right? I, I always wanted one. I used to think about having one in the, in the on the interior, right? But they play with a different strength, a different hunger, a different motor for some odd reason. And we finally got one. Now, we kind of had one in, 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 I believe it was Anai, but um, I don't... Anai had a big bag, right? Like, he had, he had some tools. Uh, I don't know, just something about Fehoko's game that, that differs a bit, in my opinion, though. So, Junior Fehoko, he's going to make this team as a fourth-round pick. There's no way they're cutting him, right? It's just a matter of where will they play Junior his rookie season because that, I think, will determine how much he gets on this field. I, I don't think he could... I just don't think he can see the field that much as a pure defensive end. I, I can't see that, man. This room is way too deep. Uh, it has its staple guys in, in, in a, you know, DA, Demarcus Lawrence, it's up and coming guy in, in Sam. And then obviously the MPP, he's, he plays defense and a lot as well. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think junior makes a team. I just think he might be a guy that could say ghost in a year one. Cause ghost played a good bit. He could just, it wouldn't shock me if he actually did not suit up. Now we're early It's it's June. And I'm not saying this because of him. I'm just saying because of the numbers game. Things could change completely. He could knock off a guy like Dante Fowler off this team. Uh, but but as we speak right now, I just don't see where Junior gets in the 46 on game day. And I don't think that's crazy to think. I don't think that's crazy to think. Let's get in the chat see what y'all got to say about Fayoko. Uh Chris said, Fayoko is going to be the same as Bradley and I. Hyped up late rounder who didn't do much. Um, you know, Chris, I mean... I'm not going to go that far just quite yet, but I get, I get the skepticism. Um, Anai, I like Anai, man. It just, he got a chance and he had a couple good reps in that, in that Chargers game, but I just think he just couldn't punch through what ended up being a pretty solid unit. Uh, and, and then he went on his way and I think he was in New York and I don't know what he's doing now. 
Uh, but I like Denai. But I'm not going to go as far as, as right off Fayoko just yet. But I do think it's going to be tough for Fayoko to crack the roster, game day roster, this season. You know, things can change, you know, the following season, though. Boy, they over there really cutting. Their, and it's like right. Like my studio is up here and they cutting grass. It's, it's the next door neighbor is a little bit, you know, some feet over. And it's right there. Eesh. Slim said, uh, Fehoko was coming. He's built like a bull with a plus hustle. That's one thing I do appreciate. And, and Rod did this too. Let me, let me slow down. Cause Rod was this way. Uh, but Dan Quinn and these guys are going after dudes with motors. They're, they're, they're not, they're, you're not going to come on this defensive line and not have a motor. And that's something that you'll see we talk about a lot here. Uh, DC Hardhitter says, do I think Fayoko makes the roster? Oh, absolutely. They're not cutting a fourth round pick. Like Fayoko's making the roster. It's a matter of will he play? Let me, let me, anybody believe Fayoko will play? I, I want to hear that real quick. And uh, let me get to, let me get to 945 as we talk about this. Uh, 945, you are on and you are live. What's good? Yo, yo. 945, you live, man. Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I got you. I got All you. All right. What you um, got? So, so, um, so, Scott, my, 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 my biggest concern, I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like everybody focused on the wrong time. The, the, the defense was, was awesome last year. I'm, st- I'm still not confident in that offensive line. And I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried about protect, protecting my quarterback. Uh, this is, this is going to be a big season. This is going to be a big season for him because they, we, we got cooks, we got pieces. I just, I just don't feel like the offensive line is 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 is, uh, is, is not being priority. Uh, I, I feel like you, you got Tyron Smith. Okay, we we know it. We we know Tyron. We know how, what he can do, but we also know he's injury prone. I'm I'm not confident in going into this season, especially making a, a a deep playoff run with my offensive line. I'm good with my defense. The defense was good last year. I wasn't worried last year, and we 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 done added we done added game one. Cool. I love it. But the offensive line, what have we done to improve our offensive line this offseason? Yeah, we'll talk about that once we do state the unit offensive line, good brother. But but uh fair enough to have concerns up front. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. You know, I'm always listening. I support you. I appreciate you, everything you do. And uh, and and when you when you talk offensive line, I will be tuning in. Definitely, yeah. We're, we're, look, that's one of the most look. It's the one of the most uh, controversial spots. So I definitely want to make sure we we give it its real its real due in regards to the state of the unit. So I got you, man. Okay, okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Salute. All right. All right. Now, normally, I, I look. I, I can call it talk about whatever y'all want. I totally get that. But if we could, if we could stay on topic a little bit, um, that's best for the show. You know, I, I don't want to. We'll talk about offense line. I 100% got you nine four five. I promise you. Um, but but that that I've done this before, where it's we have a specific topic and it takes us left when we when we discuss something else. And um, given the state of the situation we're at now, 
in the, in the off season, we definitely got to make sure that we we roll this thing out correctly because we don't want to give away the whole entire offensive line show when we're speaking about defensive line. But I got you, man. I promise you. I promise. Nine one two. What it is? What it do? Yo, what's up, Scott? What's goody? <coughs> Uh, not much. You uh, you talking about the the edge today, and yes, sir. specifically, uh, I heard you talking about Bahoko. Yep. <clears throat> so I I think he'll get like maybe ten percent of snaps, or I feel like he should get ten percent of snaps. I'm not saying like we owe that to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I don't know how but, many snaps that would 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 equate to, but yeah, yeah I mean, hey, but it, uh, yeah. As the previous caller was talking about, you know, talking about injuries and everything, injuries happen. You know, they always happen. And with with all the depth that we have at, you know, on, on defensive line, and I'm, I mean, it's not, it's not crazy to think, you know, he's going to get snaps. I mean, because, I mean, I mean, you just look at it. Guys going to get injured. And the depth we have at defense, defensive end and defensive line, somebody's going to get hurt. That's just the honest part of it. Yeah, that, and, and, you know, you're right. Injuries happen, and I, I will usually bring up injuries with a specific unit or or player if there's a history of it that keeps them out, right? Um, I, man, right. look, maybe we knock on wood. Last year, we got super lucky, man. Nobody really missed time like that. Like, everybody in that yeah. defensive end room played consecutively. But just a year removed to that, Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot in week two, right? And going into week two, and he was out for a while, and that kind of burst us a little bit more. Dorrance Armstrong and obviously Michael Parsons, the MPP. So, you know, th- yeah, something yeah, may happen just, that, that pushes him up. Yeah. They, there's one person on that defense that does not need to get injured, and we all know who that is. MPP? Um, Michael but, Parsons? Yeah. <laughs> I'm knocking on wood right now, oh literally, bro. <laughs> yeah. But 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 anyway, this this defense is nasty. I mean, it's, mm. it's got depth. I wouldn't worry, you know, too much about injuries because all that does is, you know, create an open spot for another hungry player, you know, to come in and, and prove themselves, you know. That and, is and besides, fair. if you look, if if you look at the defense, our defense, man, they're like they're like a family, bro. They they just feed off of each other. Everybody does something. They just they feed off of it, you know. You know, that, that that's fair to talk about the depth of the defense. I think the defense can sustain specific injuries to certain parts of the team, possibly unlike last year. I mean, we saw what happened at the cornerback spot. Uh, and again, knock on wood, we never want to see it. But yeah. if I had yeah. to pick which, you know, which unit could sustain an injury, I, I, I think it's the defense, you know, because they got, yeah. they're deep at every level except linebacker. And even at linebacker, I don't think the talent deficiency is so deep the gap is so large, right, that if you lose one of your top linebackers, you're you're going to go into the tank, especially with this interior. Yeah. This interior is beefed up now, so it's going to help those uh, backup guys. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's say I'm, you know, on the bench, and uh, somebody gets hurt and I come in the game, I'm seeing all these guys make plays. I, I, I haven't seen the field much. It's going to make – it's going to incentivize me coming in and, you know, trying to make a name for myself. But but them guys like the offense. I just want to see the offense gel like that because we we see it with the defense, and I just believe you know with us adding you know these guys. You got Brandon Cook on the offensive side. They've already talked about you know how he's already impacting the team. Yeah, and you know it's not crazy to think. I'm sure Stephon Gilmore is doing the same thing, and then you got all these rookies come in and they're I mean they're they're trying to make you know trying to find a spot. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's gonna be I, difficult yeah, for the rookies, yeah. bro. I, I just yeah, do, yeah. and that's great. You want it to be difficult. But we got some fire. We got some fire rookies now, though. You know what I'm saying? Which it seems like every year. But I mean, hell, that's that's what Will McClay does. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. Stephen Jones does. Uh, um, but uh, for Hoko, like I, I've looked at his film, he's got a wicked, nasty spin move. He's got a quick first step. He don't give up on plays. I've seen plays. Yeah, more. Uh, I, I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes you know I probably would have gave up on because I, I feel like I'm out the play. You know what I mean? But yeah. I've seen him come from all the way across the field and, and make a play. So, yeah, yeah, he's he, he's he's uh, he, impr- he's going he's yeah. going to see the field. Now that's not going to be it. It might not be nothing significant, you know, unless some injuries do happen. But it's you know, I, I figure you know maybe maybe ten percent of play. It just depends on who's there, who's available, uh, what percentage of health everybody's in, and uh, what what kind of impact he makes, you know, on these coaches and these players and all when they when they throw on these pads uh july 31st which i can't wait for we gotta we gotta yeah over a whole month yeah i'm trying to get down there for pad week i'm trying to talk Vach to get to to get to get us down there for pad week you want to go early i want to go when pads come on that's why i want to go yeah yeah man i'm definitely going to be paying attention to y'all and everybody else and you know the cowboy nation trying to get as much info as i can because like i said before when i called in man we were looking at it this is for sure a super bowl caliber defense I you think it's a Super Bowl defense. caliber team. Uh, yeah, yeah, but especially, especially the defense. Like, yeah. like I, like I told you when I called in before, we talking about early two thousand books. You know, I'm, I'm putting them in that category. Like we got to see the numbers. I'm sure they're going to be first in scoring defense. I want to see them. I want to see them first in every category. I mean, I know that's not going to happen. Look, but it's not. I, it's if, not facetious to say it's possible. If they. If they can be elite at stopping the run, and and what I mean by that, I don't mean because they've pulled people out of it because they're scoring a bunch of points, but they are physically making people not run the ball, then you might be on to something. That's really the the last bit to me. If they could be an elite run-stopping team, they got it elsewhere. They got the pass rush. They got the safeties. They got the corners. They got the defensive coordinator. But that's the last kind of infinity stone, stopping the run, and boy, it could be crazy. Hey, and Mozzie got it on assist. That's why I loved it when we drafted him. I was like, great, we got Osa, and we got uh, uh, we got Mozzie now, and just push Hankins. that pocket in. Because you, you know, if you push that center back into that quarterback space, Hankins. what's he gonna do? He's gonna have to slide to the left, or he's gonna slide to the right. He's gonna have to deal with the Marcus Lawrence don't, or Michael Parsons. Don't leave out Hankins. H- Hankins is uh, so important to this situation I, too, bro. I, I I know I know I like yeah. Hank, but Osa is my guy. Osa, yeah, I, I Osa's like the Osa three tech. Have a big jump yeah, year. Osa the three tech. But but when you're talking about what Mozzie can do, you know Mozzie and Hank is I think have to be lumped into one because you need you need a couple of these boys, uh, especially if one goes down. You need a couple of them, and, and I think Mozzie and Hank is together could be. Could well, be well, that's, vital. that's and close. A, that's, that's, yeah, that's just the thing, Scott. You got so many guys on this defense, and you know you you gonna leave somebody out. <laughs> I ain't leaving that That's big so many boy. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I get you, I get you. My guy. But, All right, man, let me, let, me, let me keep it moving for the rest of the show, good brother. Appreciate the call. Yes, sir, man. Take it easy. Have a good day. You too. Salute. Yeah, I mean, the 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 room is deep. I mean, when you look at the defensive end room, I just – and this is not – this is no knock on for Elko. It's just there are only so many snaps to go around. And there's just nobody right now I'm taking snaps away from for it. Right now, June 20th, 2023, 
if we can like all these young guys as much as we want in reality you're not taking away nobody's snaps for Fajoko as we speak now injuries come up guys get dinged up or what have you now things can change a little bit but uh wheat but no good kind of round out the the end of the edge roster we talked about sam williams last week and we talked about how he has it all physically right like sam williams is gifted from a physical standpoint i mean you you you're surprised sometimes when you realize he's 6'4 260 260 265 something like that uh, just a strong dude, naturally strong, has that speed, that quickness, that kind of cr- crazy hit me, you know, type of mentality. Sam Williams got it physically. It's just about the mental aspect, right? And we heard from Coach AD last week about him taking the initiative, taking that step on his own to become great or to at least get better. And if you miss it, this is Coach AD talking about Sam Williams taking that next step in his preparation. He's learned how to develop himself. And that's not like saying, oh, we don't develop him. You know, like, I think he, the biggest jump for Sam is, like, he's becoming a true professional. Like, I see the work that he puts in, the structure that he's got on his off-fields. And now, like, he comes in and you see his flexibilities change, his coordinations change, like, his stance is better. Like, the things he thought he had to work on, he's gone away, worked on them, and now you can improve on them. I'm excited for him. My bad. My bad, coach. My apologies speaking over you like that. Uh, yes, Brother L. Man, Brother L. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's my brother and me reference. I was going to tweet about that the other day. Like, one of the crimes in TV history is cancellation of my brother and me. But nonetheless, Sam Williams got that crazy in him. And, and now he's putting, well, hopefully, right? He's putting it together from a mental standpoint. And if he can do that, then he can take that next step. And he, he's obviously everyone's breakout player, right? He, he's a guy that people believe can can get up to eight or ten sacks. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to think he gets close to double-digit sacks given his pressure percentage last year as a rookie, his obvious talent. And you just saw him get better as the weeks went on. You, you just saw his the nuances of the game start to come to him. We got to remember um, fairly newish to football basketball player in high school for the most part started to play late went to Juco uh, and then went to Ole Miss for that season so you know Sam Williams is still learning and then he went to Ole Miss and he was playing kind of that four eye interior type spot now he's getting a chance to just pin his ears back and go with a Michael Parsons and D-Law now and Mozzie Smith and, and Hankins on the interior yeah 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 things things are looking up for one Sam Williams as long as as Sam can continue to get better from a mental standpoint, he'll be fine. I have no worries about one Sam Slam. Thank you, ma'am. Williams. But for some odd reason, y'all don't like Demarcus Lawrence. I don't get it. Marcus Lawrence rounds out the the last of the kind of true edge guys uh, on, on this roster. He's a guy people want to push off this damn team. He's one of the guys. The other guy we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, he's one of the guys people kind of want to push down. And, and I just, for the life of me, can't understand it. Especially when you factor in this Dan Quinn 4-3 under. It's like a quasi 4-3 under defense. He plays such an integral part in it. 
but he's not a 12 sack guy you know people okay that's fine well you're missing out on a damn good player man uh not only do a lot of cowboys fans think he's a damn good player but the league obviously does as well um he was double teamed at a top 10 rate per next gen and espn analytics so he's still getting that respect from the opposing offenses and this is with a michael parsons who wasn't that far ahead of him honestly kind of crazy i thought michael would have been miles and miles ahead but micah and and uh Michael actually was like number one when it came to pass rush run weight in that in that graphic. But Micah and Demarcus Lawrence both ranked, I believe, in the top 10 or top half for sure of uh, double teams. And then when you look at his, you know, stable metrics over the last three seasons, I didn't want to go his whole career because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you're counting the big sack years. Take out the big sack years. Let's just go off the last three seasons. Uh, one, he had injury concerns in 2021, came back and played fantastic. But in 2020, 2021, 2022, he ranks in the 77th percentile or above in just about everything you can think of as a strong side guy. And when we're talking about run defense, it's not even, I mean, he's arguably the best run defending strong side defense and in the National Football League. But he still is a very dangerous pass rusher. He's just not a guy that's going to get you 15 sacks anymore. He's actually going to be a guy that's helping other guys. He's not a cleanup. He's not a cleanup guy. He's a create cleanup guy. For instance, he only ranks 13th in the whole cleanup slash pursuit pressures statistic. But when it comes to sacks created, the Marcus Lawrence is right up there with the best. He's technically tied for ninth, but he's in the top half of the league again in sacks created. And this was last year in 2022. Micah had 11 uh, sacks created where Demarcus Lawrence uh, had nine and a half. So not only is he an elite run defender, but he's also helping set up other guys while taking on double teams and still performing in a snap in snap out basis. Shout out to Bob Stern, who came up with the splash play statistic, right? And over the last eight years, Demarcus Lawrence has pretty much owned this. And the splash play is a mix of so many different things from tackles for loss, passes batted down, sacks, pressures, uh, third down stop. I mean, there's so many things he equates in this that, you know, the normal stats won't. And besides 2021, Michael, Parr, I'm sorry, Demarcus Lawrence has pretty much owned the splash plays the last six seasons and dating all the way back to 2015 only Irving and Parsons beat him out in that category so I get that he's not a guy that's going to get you double digit to, to 12 15 sacks a game but he does so many other things at a high level and the the biggest thing obviously that he does at a high level is he's elite with the run I mean we know he's an, he's an elite run defender and I don't I don't get how we can look at a guy that's elite in something like that on a team that we complain about stopping the run and we're like yeah we gotta we gotta cut his we gotta cut him or we gotta cut down on his snaps no way Jose <laughs> not happening he can set the edge turn and plays back inside he can backdoor reach block penetrate and make plays from behind fantastic as a backside chase defender Knows how to attack the pursuit angles. 
I mean, whatever it is you want, if you want to put on a teach tape for a strong side defensive end, it's to Marcus Lawrence, man. And I get it, right? Like, I get that D-Law is not the athlete he once was. He never really came into the league as a, a big athlete in general. He was more of a nuanced technique guy. That's that's always been who he was. And I thought last year, Demarcus Lawrence was still one of one of your most productive guys. It, it, it might have not shown the sack department, but played 17 games. By the way, he gets dinged for being a hurt guy. Uh, broke his foot last, in 2021, but... Prior to that, and then include 2022, the dudes played in 16 or 17 games in like five out of the last six seasons, something like that. So, you know, even getting up there in age, he's a guy that you can count on week in and week out. And he played almost 700 snaps last year. Got your six sacks, got your three force fumbles, which led the team. 44 stops, which also uh, led the defensive line. Nine tackles for loss and 13 quarterback hits. And his 43 solo tackles led all defensive linemen. So, Demarcus Lawrence gets a strange bad rep on this team, but he is still one of your best defenders on this team. And just that's just not a guy I'm willing to sit down uh, and cut his, his snaps. Are, he's already playing like 70%. You know, no guy on this on this roster, I'm sorry, in this front is going to play 90% except Michael Parsons. Mike is going to play by 80-something, 90% depending on how many linebacker snaps he gets. Dan Quinn likes to rotate these guys. D-Law definitely should be a guy that plays the most snaps on the D-line. And then everybody else kind of rotates in, 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 in and out. But I, I'm not I'm not getting rid of D-Law. I'm not cutting down his snaps. He's one of the leaders on his defense, and he just goes out there game in, game out, plays with a high motor, and, and produces for you, man. I mean, he was so clutch for you last season on a number of occasions. I can think of the Texans game. I can think of uh, the Lions game on the goal line and also just helping create, right? So give me a DeMarcus Lawrence on my team all the time, especially, again, when you're playing kind of this quasi 4-3 under. You need a guy, a strong side guy that can two-gap and, and defend the run. You do need that, especially if you want to be a run-stopping team. And we could complain about the run defense over the years, but it wasn't that guy. Wasn't that guy that's a problem. No, sir. No, sir. All right, before we get to the Leos, let's jump back into the line and get to D-Shift on the horn. What's good, D-Shift? Hey, what's good, bro? Um, I guess the state of the unit for me with the ends is uh, – some of the some of the young guys got to it's, it's their year to kind of grow up, um, and we need another like ten sack guy to emerge. A um, lot of talk on uh, Micah and and Lawrence, oh. but like you know, I guess the biggest criticism for Lawrence and where it drew from was the fact that he was your only ten sack guy, and you're just coming off of where who was consistently getting, you know, fifteen plus sacks, right? So. You might have still had that expectation, but the Cowboys never did a good enough job of putting other 10-sack guys around him, you know? So you never yeah, I mean, uh, got, got to he, uh, he gave you that when he was counted on to be that guy, right? Like, he, he gave you 15, yeah. 14 sacks. He gave you 10, I think, eight and a half in, like, those consecutive he seasons. That, he did that on, like, the, the last year of his rookie year contract, his biggest years, and, like, the franchise year, right? 
Hey, he gave it to you. Is what I'm it's saying. Like, he, he he gave yeah, you that. Yeah, he definitely did. But but and then they never, they, they, you know they gave they gave him Robert Quinn. You know Robert. I, I thought he helped Robert Quinn get. Where Quinn get like 14 sacks? He might have got like 12, but Quinn kind of snapped out and came back to life when he came at Dallas. Uh, but right. but just because his sack yeah, total went he, down, it never his play never diminished in my opinion. I just think people have started to view him differently. because nah, he does elite things. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just more on the the running side, you know, and and that's the thing. Like you need another guy to step up and start doing a multitude of elite things versus you know just uh, D Law and uh, Micah. Because, you know, if one of those, like y'all were talking about, if somebody has to sit down for a couple of games, that line looks a little different. Yeah, it's so, deep. Especially, especially if, you know, you, you plan on having Micah to do other things at linebacker um, and whatever else they're going to have him do, right? Um, I, don't, I don't think you can really afford for one of these guys just to kind of, you know, be those guys who benefit off of Micah and off of D-Law and get these six, seven sacks. But they got to be a guy who can free up, you know, D Law once in a while. Uh, that's Michael. So that's that's, that's Mozzie. That's that's you know, guys like those guys can help him as, as well. I think. Yeah, no, I think um, we have a lot of guys who are are real helpful. But I'm just asking for one of those guys to step up and be, you know, on on you know the market at least D Law's level. You know, can't ask you to be like on Michael level, like top five NFL player type. But yeah. you can at least. You know, you know, some of these other teams have like a, 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 a what's the Josh Sweat for for the Eagles? You know, somebody I, I, else who can. Yeah, I think we got. I think we're like, so deep, man. It, it it'd be nice if you had like multiple double digit sack guys, but if you also at got least one more. But if you also got like five guys that's giving you seven plus sacks, that's kind of uh-huh. better, honestly. Like I'd rather take a team sure. full of five guys that gets me seven, eight plus sacks. Then one guy that gets me thirteen, the other gets me ten, and everybody else is giving me like two or three. You know what I'm saying? If if I can yeah. if I can just roll out so many of these pass rushers and all of them are, are threats, and I I think that's the case. You know, when I look at yeah. th- this unit, I think they can technically roll out. You know, Sam, Demarcus, you know, uh, obviously Micah, Dorrance Armstrong, uh, Fowler. I think all those guys are capable of getting seven plus sacks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if Sam could just get ten plus. On you know you know ten plus sacks and then also play the run like you see him just take another step in his run defense yeah so I think that's the that's a pretty good part of his game as well right yeah I, I think Sam Sam Williams for me whenever they decide to move on from Tank I, I would love to see them kind of push him into the left defense end row if Mike is going to go full time edge or if if he's still going to kind of play that Leo role where he's down there I, I would like to see those two guys kind of be the future. Of, of the pass rush, and they continue to build around those two guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good, man, good stuff, Scott. I appreciate everything you do, bro. Salute, Chef. Thanks, man. Thanks. So my guy, Mel, in the building, um, he asked, would would I take out D-Law for Sam on pass rushing downs? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, these guys are going to rotate. You're going to go. I went back and watched some film. You saw, oh, man, you saw so many different lineups. It was crazy. Uh, you're going to see... D-Law, Sam on the same field at the same time with Micah. You're going to see Micah, D-Law with Armstrong inside or D-Law inside. You're going to see Armstrong, Sam, Micah, Fowler. Like you're really going, you're going to see Osa, probably Mozzie, Sam, Micah. Like it's going to be so many different variations they can do that. Yeah, you're, you'll definitely see D-Law come off the field at times, um, especially if he needs a blow or he's hurt or he's just not having a good game or whatever. But 
he's not a guy I'm actively seeking out like, all right, pass rush time, come off the field, right? Like, nah, it's it's game dependent. Does D-Law have a step on this defender? Is, does he does he know something from the film room that, that hey, I got this guy. Let me switch that. Like, for instance, for instance, the Rams game. If you guys didn't see these sounds of the silence, and this is this is why you know he's so underrated, man. I wish I should have pulled that up, by the way. D Law understood how they were defending Michael Parsons and himself. And D Law was beating this guy, right? But the way things were happening on the other side, Matt Stafford was just getting the ball out or stepping up or what have you. He went over to Micah and said, Hey, do this. Bing, 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 bing. Right? And I guarantee you, blah, blah, blah. So they get in the game. Micah does it. D-Law beats his guy, sets it up, boom, sat. It's things like that that don't go on the stat sheet. You know, him being around, being that veteran, being the sack leader of this team, you know, at that one point in time, being the guy they look to to get off, he doesn't have to be that anymore. He just has to be a guy that does his job at a high level, and I think he does that at a high level. And as long as everybody else is continuing to play well, Micah is being MPP, right? He's got a spot on this team for me. 100%. But yeah, I think I think Mel, you do you do rotate these guys like at the end of the day is like 31 now. I don't want D-Law playing 89 85 90% of the snaps. I will continue to stick around at 70% and, and rotate these guys. Uh keep them all as fresh as possible. Um except maybe Mike. I I, I might play Mike at like 99. I don't even want to take him off the field to be honest, but that's just me. That's just me. All right, let's get to what we're going to label the the Leo side of things. Um, and, and again, this was kind of derived from our lads. They kind of listed the Leo position in the DN. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense because that's how Dan Quinn kind of deploys these guys, right? And I struggle with putting Micah in here. But I wanted to because he does play the Leo and obviously played a bunch of defense end. But hearing coach talk about him being a pass rushing linebacker, that is the definition uh, of the Leo. Now, you might be wondering why the hell was Armstrong up here? Uh, and that's fair. And again, I struggle with putting him on DE or, or the Leo, but he kind of was doing a combination of things. They, they actually move him around a little bit as well. So let's just talk about Armstrong in general before we talk about the actual definition of what the leo is but just armstrong in general another controversial figure somebody that became kind of polarizing this offseason where a part of cowboys nation they want to trade them i don't think the cowboys need to do that but you can spin it this way right you can you can say due to his production and cost those are positive reasons why he keeps popping up in trade discussions from Cowboys Nation. Again, due to his production and cost positive reasons. He's technically the fifth highest paid player, I think, on the defense or in general. This is strange, but he, he is pretty highly paid, maybe top seven uh, on the team. But it's not some astronomical number, right? So his, his contract is movable. But his production allows him to be kind of talked in this manner because he had six sacks in 2021, followed it up with eight and a half, had the forced fumble against the Rams, got to the quarterback 16 times from a hit standpoint, 10 tackles for loss, and it was a career year for DA. 
tackles for loss, QB hits, sacks. And one of the more underrated aspects of, of, of DA is his ability to play special teams. Um, now, he ain't going to get you a whole bunch of special team snack, uh, tackles, but he plays a lot of special team snaps. He played 97 this uh, past season, 84 the following season, or the previous season. And in both those years, he had huge punt blocks that resulted in points for the Cowboys. So, you know, he does have that as well. Um, I am not opposed to a guy like Sam Williams chewing into Dorrance Armstrong's snaps, but I I would be though I, bu- I would be one opposed to trading Dorrance Armstrong unless you are getting some unbelievable return. Right? Because again, it goes back to talking about what we said earlier. You're going to have to juggle the future with winning now. And I look at this team as a team that can win now. And, and I want all the talent. I want all the depth. I want all the players. So unless you're, you know, I'm trading one of these depth guys for a, an amazing haul, then, then I don't really want to pick up that. I don't care. I don't want to listen to you because I'm trying to win a Super Bowl and it's a 17 and you hope a 2021 game season and you're going to need every last player. So, I am not for the trade to Mark Dorrance Armstrong situation, but I, I am not opposed to a Sam Williams kind of getting more tick on behalf of DA because I do think, um, granted, he's like 26. He's not that old, 27, whatever it is. I do think from a talent standpoint, he's capped out. And I, and I think we don't, we don't want him to become a guy that's stopping Sam from reaching his potential uh, physically out there on, on the team. And if you look at from a, per snap basis, Sam Williams was probably better than Dorrance Armstrong. He just didn't play as many snaps as Dorrance Armstrong. So I'm for keeping him, not for trading him, but I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Williams play a little bit more and on his behalf is what I'm getting at. TJ thinks, you know, DA for a third round pick. I'm guessing you mean third round pick at the deadline. Well, th- th- then things change. Once you get to the deadline, if, if DA is not performing, or he's kind of just like average and the team is looking for it. And then things may change a little bit. Uh, but as we speak right now, I'm keeping him. I'm keeping him. Am I yelling to, am I yelling to, is, is it messing up bruiser? Did, did my, did my, did I spike a little bit on my audio? My bad, man. Is my audio, is my audio too loud? Do I need to turn this down? Cowboys nation bruiser said I'm, I'm spiking a little bit here. Thumb up, thumb down. If if I'm if I'm too loud, too low. I'll, I'll keep the uh, I'll keep monitoring monitoring the audio. Y'all let me know. Uh, Danny says keep him. Iceberg says nah, not at the deadline. It would have to be now. Iceberg Q, by the way. Uh, audio's fine. All right, maybe maybe my guy just got to fix his audio. Then appreciate you. Uh, why not at the do who said that not at the deadline iceberg q says not at the deadline would have to be now i do think that matt i I do think context has to come in though with that iceberg q because if he if he is if he's balling you're not trading him at the deadline but if he's if he's a hindrance if he's you know hurting you or what have you are you really gonna get a third round pick though so you might be right trade him now the 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 height of his his appeal might be at this very second, but I want all the depth, so I ain't really trying to get rid of him. That's just me. 
I'm good. Appreciate y'all. Let's talk about another Leo on this team, and that's Dante Fowler, who had a resurgence, a career resurgence on this team. Now, he didn't play a lot, which is crazy. Think about this for a second. He played the least amount of snaps in his entire career, but it was his best season for the most part since 2019, where he played a ton of snaps for the uh, Super Bowl Rams. Gave you six sacks, a couple forced fumbles, nine quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss. Again, most sacks, QB hits, and tackles for loss since 2019 on the least amount of snaps in his career. Again, on a per snap basis, from a pass rush standpoint, Dante Fowler was still one of of your best guys. I think he is a criminally underrated pass rusher on this team. Um, Often a guy, most fans, when it's talking about, you know, cutting a player, this is the guy they talk about. I get it, right? He's a veteran. uh, He's not a starter. He's not going to play a ton of special teams. Not a run guy. uh, Contract is not... uh, you know, pricey, easy guy to get rid of. But again, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. And from a pass rush standpoint, Dante Fowler still has it. You saw it in the film. You saw it with the quickness, the first step, the hand usage. Like he still has that bag to be a very productive pass rusher. I said this the other day. In fact, when it comes to getting after the passer, I mean, you got Micah. I, I think from a pure pass rush standpoint, Dante is one of your best. That's all I'm going to say about that. I think he's one of your best guys. He won't play 600 snaps in the season, though, because he's not going to be a guy you want to play against the run. Early on in the season, if you go look at some of these teams like Washington that was running against us, uh, I think Tampa in that game. But early on, you saw them kind of attack Dante Fowler, kind of attack those edges when he was out there. But boy, when they had to pass, he was like that. So I'm not really, I'm not really looking to get rid of him either. Now, again, if, if guys come in, if if guys like a Fayoko or, or Tyrus Wheat and they just go stupid, I mean, I guess you can have that conversation, but 17 to 21 game season, I'm not trying to get rid of no Dante Fowler right now. Why? It's not like the dude was a terrible or bad. Not even don't use the word terrible. It's it's not like the guy wasn't productive last year because he was productive. He was productive. Uh, I will continue to use him at this rate. Just a designated pass rusher. Kind of a chess piece guy as well. If you go look at his film uh, with the Rams where they used more of a, a three, four look and had Dante standing up, you saw his versatility being able to kind of drop back, go from left to right move around the defense and Dan Quinn used him in that manner. That's why I think he's labeled as a Leo. Um, now he ain't do Michael Parsons things, but you, you could stand him up. You could put his hand in the ground. You could put him on the left side, right side. You, can, you Sometimes when they did the, um, we call it, I love this now it's forever, forever going to be called end game. I'm never calling it the NASCAR package again, but for those who don't know what end game is, Vach shout out to Vach created the end game thing off of, you know, MCU and that's what it's always going to be but when the cowboys run end game all defensive ends out there you'll see dante fowler out there so i i I think he's a quality versatile pass rusher that i'm keeping on this damn team that's it like 
I'm not getting rid of him. I get rid of no D8. I get rid for if we left it up to y'all. D Law, not y'all, but you know what I'm talking about. Dar- Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, and Dante Fowler would not be on this team. Think about it for a second. If they weren't on this team, I'll ask you this question. Would you consider this a deep defense uh end room? Because there are people that want all those dudes gone. No, you wouldn't. They help make this room what it is. Speaking of what it is, what it do, Marco? What's up, Steve? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing fantastic on this beautiful Tuesday. What's up with you? Man, bless, bless, man. By the most high. Hey, I was calling to tell you, still. I wanted to call you about three or four days, but I keep on calling in, and it was uh, the conference been unlocked. And I know this off the subject, because I've been listening to the whole show about gotcha. the defense. But don't, don't you think we'll be better? I'm glad we got back to having a fullback, too, because I thought when Keith Smith was here, that's when Zeke was at the top of his game. I mean, and I know it's way off the subject. Yeah, yeah, I'll touch on it for a quick second. It's it's interesting correlation, right? Uh, I think that was when Lenahan was here, but but I, I am yeah, I'm I'm excited about it because I think Mike McCarthy is going to use a guy like uh, Hunter Lipke like a Kyle Uzcheck. That's what makes me excited. If it was just traditional fullback stuff, I I, I would kind of scoff at it. But I think Hunter Lipke can be versatile. That's why I'm excited about it. I was still. I got a question then, though. I think the NFL is get. Do you think the NFL is getting away from uh, having a run game because of Mahomes, because of Mahomes and maybe Allen a little bit? But I think Mahomes has kind of changed the NFL a little bit by thinking that we can pass every play, sixty, seventy times a game. Nah, I don't. I, I think Mahomes is an alien. Uh, but the league has already been trending away from the run game. Now, interesting statistic though. Uh, I think last year it started to go back a little bit because of how teams are deploying because the league is a passing league now. So teams are doing two, uh, doing more too high stuff shell coverage and they're creating light boxes. Yeah. So now the way to counter that is to run the ball. So you saw the run game kind of come back a little bit last year from a, uh, I believe, yards per carry standpoint. But ironically, you didn't yeah. see like top 10 rushers just littered throughout the Super Bowl or playoffs. It, it was it was interesting. Yeah, kind of strange, kind of strange, man. But I appreciate you still, man. I just wanted to tap in with you on that pullback thing. I'm I'm glad because I I was wanting us to get Keith Smith back when Zeke was here. Maybe maybe somebody else, you know, somebody a lead back that can you know take one yeah. of those defenders out of. Yeah, but I appreciate you still, man. I'm listen, I'm gonna listen to the rest of the show, brother. Be blessed, yes, sir. Salute, Marco. My dog, my dog. Bro. Yeah, I used to hear that a lot. Uh, Bringing back Keith Smith, I mean, I don't think it would have hurt you, uh, but but Keith Smith wasn't one of those versatile guys. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna fake it to y'all. Uh, I'm on I'm on the side of I don't really care for the fullback unless that fullback can be versatile like a Kyle Uzcheck because this league is just different than what it was ten years ago. Just just ten years ago, it's completely different. Um, but but you know yeah I mean Keith Keith was was a was a good fullback slash linebacker I mean he was back and forth I remember that situation uh, for for years he was linebacker and fullback linebacker fullback and Scott Linehan deployed that and I thought I thought Boy Wonder was going to do some of those versatile type things when they signed uh, Jamie's Olawale and that didn't work out so. 
That's where I'm at with it. it, it you got to be Hunter Lipke. I'm sorry. You got to Hunter Lipke. Yeah, he's kind of versatile. You got to be Kyle check to me. If not, I can do without it. Just give me a Sean McEwen. Yeah. And then finally, when you're talking about Leos, when you're talking about pass rushers, I think in the league, Craig, top flight of the league. You talking about Micah Parsons and, and I do, excuse me. I do put him in that Leo category. Cause that's what he, really what he, what he does. Now, again, he was definitely hand in a dirt guy, a lot defense and opposite of a, a DeMarcus Lawrence or a Dorrance Armstrong for the most part. But, and I know Dan Quinn said he's past rushing linebacker, hence Leo, right? Uh, and, and, but he's going to be playing on that edge a lot. I know he will. It may not be 80-20. Maybe it'll be 70-30. But, but you're going to see you're going to see him out there because he's just really good out there and they they value him out there. Um, and I think with guys like Damone Clark, uh, they draft Overshone. You, you hear about Jabril Cox taking the next step. If those guys take the next step, then I'm more than comfortable doing the 70-30. If they don't, and there is a problem on that second level, that's where I get annoyed that, you know, I would like to see Micah do a little bit more in that second level. But regardless, I don't give a damn where they put this man. He's just like that. He's just like that, man. And you'll see him everywhere. You'll see him left side, right side, middle, second level. Sam, you'll see him play some of the Leo. Get that hump move. Just my defensive player of the year. It's going to happen. He's going to get one. And ironically, he talked about what they're going to do with him this year. And he joked and said, I'm going to be playing eight different positions. I mean, clearly that's hyperbole, but I 100% believe Micah going to be everywhere. Because this season, I think Dan Quinn finally has every piece at his disposal to utilize Micah Parsons as the ultimate chess piece not trying to figure it out chess piece in year one not well we got you know we're going to move him to defense and most but i got me interior guys lve is my green i say green dot probably is but lve is my middle linebacker that gets everything situated my veteran presence damone clark is my steady young fast athletic will I've got a plethora of edge guys that I can throw out there with the Demarcus Lawrence and DA and Dante. And if you want to do some five tech things, Chauncey and et cetera. And then I got the MPP, the Micah Parsons problem. Soon as they come out of that huddle, the first thing I'm looking for is we're 11. And that's what makes some special. And that's what Michael Parsons was frustrated about last year is he wasn't be, he wasn't able to do what he believed makes him special. And that's be a versatile player. And I'm always going to be of the ilk of, I don't want him at one specific spot. And Dan Quinn talked about it. If I keep him at one spot, it's easier to take him out the game. And you kind of saw that a little bit, you know? So they could play shot watch, find the scrub with him. They can play, hey, this guard can't deal with Michael. We're going to just keep blissing from the middle. They can play, we're going to play games. Up. They can do whatever they want now because I do think they are equipped to not have to pick and choose where he's going to be. Now, until that time comes, 
where he has to be full-time somewhere. Maybe he just becomes an anomaly of a defender, which I believe he has that ability, where he doesn't have a defined position. Then maybe you, you discuss that. But at this moment in time, I think it's best for the Cowboys to utilize Micah as a chess piece, allow him to move around that defense, allow make the defenders, I'm sorry, the off, offensive linemen, the quarterback, locate Micah, and then go off of that. And I guarantee you, you'll continue to see guys like uh, D-Law and Dorrance and, and Fowler and whomever, Mozzie, whoever it is, benefit from that. Michael Parsons, I believe, was top five last year in sacks created. Let me go find I, I pulled it up. There it is. Uh, yep, top five. Technically, number nine they have there. But when it comes to the actual number here, uh, Hassan Reddick created 18 and a half, which is, which is nuts. And then Micah created 11. So, you know, he's a guy that's going to help everyone out there. Point blank period. So Michael Parsons is the Leo of all Leos in the national football league. Let's get toxic time on the horn. What's good, my man? Good morning, Sky. First off, hope you had a good time off. I know you you work your tail off, so I'm glad to see that you and Vach got that well-deserved day off. Just wanted to get that out there, too. Appreciate Second off, (laughs) I grew up in the same, relatively the same area as you, Sky. And one thing I was taught when I was a kid, never forget where you came from. I'm never going to forget the Jeremy Mincy, George Selvey, Ben Gardner, Ken Boatwright, Jack Crawford, LeVar Edwards, all of these Jags that we were playing around with. And now looking at this defensive end room, Crazy. man, move over Boston Scientific. Now that is medicine <laughs> right there. Jeremy Mincy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like the years of just guys that could pass off as Costco workers back there. <laughs> and now we got dudes. And I love what Vach keeps saying. When you when it comes time and you're lining up against playoff teams, get me dudes. Yep. And the fact that you have Dante Fowler Jr. and Dorrance Armstrong, who if you look at their production, there are NFL teams that don't even have that from their starting Thanks. defensive ends, let alone from our two backups. Man, I love the idea of having an embarrassment of riches, especially in a premium position. Because a lot of fans I notice get really caught up in sacks when when yeah. you're bringing up is what's their pass rusher rate, what's their win rate, what's their generate, uh, what how much pressure do they generate, what's their turnovers. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a force fumble machine, yeah. and then on top of that, you get two ball hawk corners and depth in the safety room, which is a defense that led the NFL in turnovers two times in a row. The first time since what the 1970s. Yep, Steelers. I, I just. I am in no – if people are calling to trade for your guys, it's because they're good players. I don't want anyone having as many of these good players. I want Dan Quinn to have enough clips to keep shooting when he can reload with ease and just keep sending guys out there. I am, I am not interested because a third-round pick could easily be another Jalen Tolbert or hopefully it could be someone else. But right now, I'm with you, Sky. I want to win. Like I want to win so damn badly that I'm willing to say F them picks. Get me as many dudes right now so I can continue to rest the pasture. I don't want any quarterback in the NFC East to have an easy day against this defense, even if there is an injury. Facts. I just this is this unit is 
yeah, this is probably one of the deepest units in the entire NFL, and it got better. So I wanted to say completely positive. This is all in, Tom, because all in on Dan Quinn and what Dan Quinn is trying to do and let Dan Quinn get what he needs to go physically destroy every single offense that he plays. Y'all have a good day and bring oh, back man. Ryan Nall. We got all in time today, baby. Yes, sir. I'll put you, man. We, we, I finally got my guy, Vosh, to come around the dudes. And trade these draft picks, man. Hey, come on, man. Let go of these draft picks a little bit. You need dudes, man. Like when, when it's time to get into them playoffs and you're playing against some of these top guys, we should absolutely understand this. Uh, you know, going up against the team, went up against, and we ran out of dudes on the offense side of the ball. It, you need dudes, man. And, and the Cowboys went out, traded a couple picks for two dudes on both sides, retained a couple guys, and, and a guy like Dante Fowler, when you're talking about the defense and room, and they they do. They, they got a lot of talent. And boy, when he was running off those names, <sighs> salute to Tyrone Crawford and Jack Crawford and the Golden Cock. Y'all don't remember him. Nick Hayden. Uh, who else do we have? The 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 bishops, the 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 Edwards, the the, I mean, it was Jeremy Mincy's. Man, we went up to, and I don't care if you had one late. We went up to Lambeau Field. Probably, and you could argue with your mama. The best shot we had at at, at going to the Super Bowl, I think, that year, because we had already beat Seattle. Um, I felt good about playing it. Going up to Lambeau Field. And our leading pass rusher that day was Jeremy Mincy. Like six sacks. And I know sacks ain't the whole thing. But he wasn't like a high pressure guy either. You know, it kind of it was a jag. Quite literally was a jag. But he was it was just a guy. And we like, yo, go get this bad man. Not the case no more, man. And um, it's only going to get better for this defense. Costco workers is crazy. See, a lot of people don't know about the Golden Cock. I, that's not my name. Ask Rod Marinelli why he called him that. I, I, I don't, you know, it's like what my man said. I ain't calling another man delicious. Did they really go into that room and be like, Golden Cock, come on up? I don't know Rod Marinelli, man. He was a strange dude. He walked with that neck sticking out. I wouldn't want to get on his bad side though. Hey, hey, coach. Hey, look, man. You can you can call me what you want to call me, but can you don't call me that out? Don't don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. The golden cat. I'm crazy, man. Uh, what's good, big kid? Yeah, you think I'm lying? Go Google it, lost. Go Google Rob Marinelli naming up. It was so bad with the unit that we had during that time. Like he he called them the orphans. Like he pride Rob Marinelli prided himself on taking a bunch of nobodies. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna get this job done. The league turned into a passing league, but I don't need a bunch of good pass rushers. Just give me a bunch of dudes. And these fools went along with it. Thank God for a guy like Dan Quinn that said, wait, 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 wait. Number one the hell is y'all ignoring the interior for we're gonna fix that number two safety matters and number three i want all the good players i want them all stop playing with me appreciate that good morning los what you got for us man 
Good morning, Sky, man. I hope you're having a great morning. And happy late Father's Day to you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, you know, man, uh, you do amazing work and you keep on thriving, man. Hopefully one day you'll be running those tips from Jerry. But, <laughs> hey, just real, just real quick, man, um, I just want to say one quick point is one thing about this pass rush that I'm so ecstatic about, uh, one piece that we added, it has to be Mozzie. And, that, mm. and that's only if that's only if he can live up to that potential where we want him to be. Because one thing about pass rushing is basically getting off your blocks, basically getting to the second level. And if Mozzie can just, you know, get those two basically uh, interior guards or basically, you know, forcing them to basically, oh, sh- you know, shit, we have to basically put two people on this guy. Yeah, man, you're gonna make some chaos up front for any quarterback you face. Well, and, excuse like, me. You, you, go <laughs> well, ahead. Even, even more than just occupying bodies, right? Is is actually pushing the pocket. Uh, that's something that the Cowboys, and I talked about this at the top of the show. They didn't consistently get from their interior, in my opinion. They, they didn't get consistent help at cornerback two, and they didn't get consistent interior pressure. Um, you had a guy like Osa who was doing this thing when he could, but I'm talking about a pocket pusher where a, when D-Law or Dorrance or Micah or Sam or, 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 or Fowler are creating pressure on the edge, they can't step up because that pocket is being pushed back in their lap. And I know damn sure well that, that Mozzie can do that. He's already when, – when Jonathan Hankins comes out and says Mozzie Smith is one of the strongest dudes on the team, that's scary. He ain't even start off-season stuff yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's already one of the strongest dudes on the team. Crazy. Exactly, Scott. And, like, if you put Hankins out there and Moss at the same time, good luck trying to run up the middle because, man, I'm telling you, you're trying to run up the brick wall. And that's – You'll see it. Go ahead. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll 100% see those two guys out there. But what I love about Mozzie is that, you know, if it's second and long or what have you, you don't have to take him – Mozzie is not a one or two down guy. He's a guy that can stay out there in second and long and on third and short situations if teams want to do play actions and he's in there, he can push that pocket. So that's what I love about Mozzie Smith. Now, if we're talking, you know, third and long, if we're talking obvious pass rushing downs, yeah, you can roll with end game, um, you know, get, get your end, end game out there, what have you. But if we're talking third and medium where they might run or we're talking second and long where they can still run and he has that option to, to push the pocket, man, Mozzie Smith, gives you such versatility that this Cowboys team ha- haven't had on the interior. Exactly, Sky. And I'll leave you like this for, uh, with this last question, Sky. And I'll leave you this, man. I'm just excited for the Patrick. But in your opinion, right, Sky, if it was a 38, who are you going to put at your finish line? Basically, the line to basically win me this game. Who's your top four rushers or who, who's your top four that you're going to put out there? And I'll leave you with that, Sky. Peace. Who's playing well that day? Who am I playing against? Uh, yeah. Oh, you're still on the horn. Uh, I, 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 I'm. I'm gonna answer you. I'm gonna answer your question, Los. Uh, but but again, I, I'm. You know me. I'm a context guy. You know. What's go, if if look if Da is balling the hell out, why would I take Da out the game? You know. But I'll answer your question. We'll have fun with it. Um, I'll go Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Hard to tell. I love me some Dante Fowler in the pass rush situation, man. I really do. Dante and Sam. Like that was 
that that that'll that'll be my four. No context added. Just give me four pass rush. That'd be my four, man. Man, you could do so many combinations though. That's what so Danny got that's what I got, Danny. Law, Micah, Sam Fowler. That's man, that's without any context, knowing what the hell's going. Cause he's talking about third and eight, fourth quarter for the game on the line. Like who's playing well, man? Who ain't playing well? Like I could name them dudes, but what if somebody's playing terrible? You know, then I'm not putting them on the field. But yeah, that, those would be my four. No contest given, though. No contest given. Um Big Bo is not. We'll talk about defense, a tackle. I think. I think we'll go defense, a tackle, uh, probably next week, maybe end of this week. We'll see. But we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about Big Bo. Big Bo. I'm not writing Big Bo off just yet either. Uh, but he ain't Mozzie or Hankins. Like that's that's just is what it is. At that point. Shift says Da had eight and a half sacks. Where does he need to step up? I think he could be better as an edge setter and run defender, for sure. Um, he's not a guy that's going to create on his own as much. But again, that's that's not me trying to knock DA because his game is not a guy that's creating on his own or for others. He's kind of that cleanup guy. He's kind of that cleanup pursuit slash guy. And he does it at a, great, a high level. But if it was a specific thing, I, I don't think I think he actually got worse as a run defender last year, probably because he's trying to get better as a pass rusher. Um, and I don't think he set the edge all that well last year compared to other years. So I, I would say in those aspects as a pass rusher i just think he's capped um I, again sacks aren't everything definitely if you go look at the last two seasons w- with da he's probably been a recipient of the most cleanup sacks on the team which is awesome right like you need a guy to be able to finish those things but especially in 2021 boy all but like one of those sacks were, were just him kind of cleaning things up so I, that's why I actually have him off the field. If you give me a gun to my head, four pass rushers out there, give me Demarcus Lawrence, give me Dorrance Armstrong. I'm sorry, uh, Michael Parsons, Sam Williams, and Dante Fowler. I just think those guys are better pass rushers than DA. Uh, and that's not me saying I don't like him because obviously I want to keep him on his team. I think he serves a purpose. Uh, I'd just be shocked if he just took some another step as a pass rusher. I, I would be, honestly. Let's see here. Imagine uh, Tom said, imagine you're on the O-line having to having to having to have this unit that can literally rotate a second unit. Facts. That's another thing, right? Like we go look at. So check it. Technically, right? Let, let's pretend we come out in a just come out nickel. Come out nickel at some point. You got your two linebackers out there, maybe big nickel, whatever. And you just got four rushers and your four rushers are, you know, you're starting four rushers in that sense, or Micah, D Law, and then you got Mozzie in there and Osa. Let's just just do standard. But let's say we get to a point where we're swapping guys. Your second unit could technically be Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler. Like that's your second unit. If you if you wanted to go that route, say you want traditional base and Armstrong's your guy, right? Okay, we're going traditional base. Mike is going to be kind of that Leo or Sam, depending on how they want to deploy it. Your second unit is still Dante Fowler, a Sam Williams. Those guys probably start somewhere else. So, yeah, man, you're right. 
You're absolutely right. Greg said, how many sacks will Mozzie get? Maybe we'll save that question later. I I, I think Mozzie can be a sack guy too. Now I don't think he's gonna be. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna view him as more of a uh former Alabama kid, not Jonathan Allen. Maybe a little bit pain, but pain snapped last year from a sack department. Uh Tomlinson. Tomlinson was never a six, seven sack guy, but he gets you three, four. He might be able to get you that. For sure. All right. Man, y'all been fantastic today. Uh wait, 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 wait. Super chess. Don't want to forget that. Make sure I didn't forget that. I agree, Professor. I I, I don't think I think when you're talking about Mozzie, it's not sacks, really. It's it's about his pocket presence, pushing things, you know, back or whatnot. Are right, we good on that department? Uh think. Now, I know these ain't the same players, but I mean, uh, the damn man just slipped my mind. Haloti Naha, right? Like, Haloti Naha wasn't going to give you eight, nine sacks type dude, but he was a guy that could push that damn pocket, but play the run as well, right? So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Super chat. Shout out to Towboat Talk. He dropped five and said, Cowboys defense reminds me of a hockey team. We got fresh. We got fresh lines, defense in the hole to put out against a tired offense. I agree. Uh, I 100% agree, man. Uh, this team, this team is so deep. Technically, the second units at each level probably could put up a fight with some teams. Start not every team, but with some teams starting units offensively. Straight up, we are good, CJ. We are good, as you can see. And this this is what saddened me, saddens me about, about this announcement. I usually don't announce when our sponsorships end. But we had so much fun during the season uh, with, with Boston Scientific. One last shout-out to them. But that that sponsorship has ended uh, with the company. We are no longer um, in, in partnership with Boston. The contract ran out. We'll look to revisit it during the season. But, man... Did we have fun with that one? So, so bills are paid as we speak. Uh, other sponsorships are, are already in the works and will be rolled out here, but most of that will probably lead up to, to camp and then, and then the season. So, hell, man, all, all the jokes y'all gave me from Boston Scientific was just chef's kiss, top of the line. Y'all the best, man. Y'all the best. What about New York Scientific? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, all right, look. So, as y'all already know, no Vox Lombardi live show, so I won't be on that nothing uh later. That we're taking a legitimate break there. He he is though rocking on Twitch, so make sure y'all follow him on Twitch. Uh, but Mo, Mo will be back on later tonight for the uh A to Z Sports Prime Time. And obviously, I'll be back tomorrow. Again, I'll know by the end of the week on the actual specifics of the off season schedule, but, but there will obviously be a shift in what we do. And then eventually I'll be taking a legitimate vacation. Don't get those much, but when you legitimately work six or seven days for six or seven straight months, you gotta get like a week in there. You know what I'm saying? So that'll happen at some point in July. Uh, I won't be on Mo will be, but I won't be. And I think we're going to possibly alternate days. Um, 
here starting next week. But I'll have specifics for you guys, man. I have specifics. With that said, uh, CJ, it's it, sometimes I toss them something. Most of the time, we we have a we have a guy, we have a marketer uh, who who does a ton of sales market who, manager who does a ton of work. I mean, shout out to Nick uh, and, and Zach. They put in work. I do not envy them. I say that all the time. I don't envy y'all job. No, sir. <laughs> y'all can go out here and try to sell. And I appreciate that. But this is me. This is what I do. All right. I'm going to go ahead and press this button before we just get into overtime and talk about much nothing. I'm going to go ahead and press this button and go ahead and give it overtime before we talk about a bunch of nothing. There we go. Yes, yeah, CJ, I'll be back tomorrow. 8, 8.30-ish. Count on me being here, man. Likely. Likely another state of the unit. I kind of tease both of the state of the units we're going to do this week, but we'll be back. I got you. We out of here, though. Love you. Peace. Hey, look. Hooters ain't not the question. We do not discriminate when it comes to sponsorships. Forget about it, it's crazy toxic.